This episode of Americana Music Profiles is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's leading online therapy platform. The mission of BetterHelp is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient so anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime, anywhere. BetterHelp offers access to licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, and board-licensed professional counselors. An extensive study by the Berkeley Wellbeing Institute found BetterHelp to be as effective as face-to-face therapy. And now for a limited time, when you access BetterHelp, you will receive a 10% discount off of your first month. To activate this 10% discount, use my link at betterhelp.com Americana. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Andrew Michelin, also known as the All-Canadian Sound Clash, celebrates his debut album, Better Late Than Never. Although Andrew has been in and out of the music scene for much of his life and recorded several album projects with other groups throughout his career, this is his first venture as a solo artist. Andrew joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his first professional studio album. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. You are in uh, Canada, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa. Uh, yeah, Ottawa's been in the news a little bit lately. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Are you near the action, or are you out in the suburbs? Uh, I'm out in the, in the suburbs, but uh, yeah, I was down there yesterday, actually. Yeah. Checking it out. Yeah. Driving around. Okay, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, a lot of us folks here in the States are, are, are watching what's going on up there with... Uh, curiosity and anticipation so <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable yeah yeah well <laughs> it, it's it's uh it's it's hard enough to stand up for something you believe in but then you throw in the cold cold temperatures and the snows on top of it takes yeah. takes a lot of a lot of something to stand there <laughs> for what three yeah, three we weeks went over, yeah we were there right from the beginning because we we're the the town that I we live in here is uh, it, it's the last uh, truck stop on the way to Ottawa. Oh, okay. So we went out there. Uh, we went out there when they came through. It was it was pretty wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Times are times are different, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you sure. you have lived in Canada your whole life, I suppose. Yeah. 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 I was born and raised in Ottawa. Uh, I moved around different places. I was in Vancouver for a bit, Kingston, Ontario, places like that. You got started in music in your younger days and took a break. Did I read that correctly? Yeah. Uh, so we were, uh, I was in a band, a lead singer in a band called Bufflehead here in Ottawa. And uh, we were making a name for ourselves. That was back in, when I was a teenager. And, uh, yeah, we we kind of made like a huge scene here, and uh, everyone wanted to play and stuff like that. We did everything ourselves, and then, um, and of course, 
the time comes and everyone goes away to college and stuff yeah, like that. So right. Band broke up, but uh, and then I just went on hiatus for a long time, <laughs> but still writing songs um, throughout the years. I did a little bit of everything. I went to uh, I went to animation school, film school, uh, stuff like that, and then eventually became a graphic designer. Okay. So yeah. stayed in the art world, so to speak. Yeah, but always always playing in bands and stuff along the way. Okay. And writing songs. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't walk away entirely. You just kind of walked away no. from the from the expanded version of it. Yeah, exactly. Before I had, before I decided to just do everything myself and go yeah. solo. Yeah. So as a songwriter. When did you get back into it in a from a more serious perspective? It was literally years ago okay just before covid so just recently yeah Uh, it was in summertime yeah yeah and the only way it happened was because my producer dale murray put out a call to action on on facebook he was just saying that he had some room in at his studio if anyone wanted to record so like i hadn't really thought about it before and i was like okay i'll reach out to him see if i can get in there and We've been long-time friends, too, so uh, it was just everything just fell into place. And he's got kind of a famous connection, right? Yeah, his, uh, his, his aunt is Anne-Marie. Yeah. yeah. The famous uh, Canadian singer, songwriter. Yeah. Anybody, yeah. Uh, anybody over 35 probably knows who she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Daryl doesn't like talking about it too much. Really? But I always I always bring it up just to have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So you, you basically kind of on a whim then jumped into the studio with some of your original material? Yeah. And uh and Dale, my producer, he he would plays on the record as well. Okay. So he records and plays and and then uh, basically I, I play guitar and, and, and sing. But he does. He does a lot of the work for me. So, what what did your songwriting look like along the way? I mean, you didn't have a oh, band wow. per se, and and I. I and, yeah, the the songs would change from band to band that I was in. I would always bring out these songs and play them, and we would just you know use them. But and then I, the band would break up and then form another band, okay. and then you know. The, the songs would sound different again, and so I think now with this record, it's like okay, they're finally set in stone. This is how they're going to be, and this is what they sound like. Okay, and, yeah. So your songs kind of went through an evolutionary phase uh, every couple of yeah. years. It sounds like <laughs> for like twenty years, some of the songs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's almost a good thing because it everything got fleshed out, and I knew. I kind of know what I wanted the songs to sound like and how they're supposed to be arranged. So it kind of worked out in my favor. Do you have a process that you go through when you write a song? Uh, what what inspires you? Like, is this, you mentioned earlier, kind of you're always writing songs. Is it some sort of routine or does it just happen? It just happens. 
if, yeah, I don't, I don't force myself or, at all. It's just, I, I'll just sit and I'll wait and wait and wait. And it's usually, uh, it's usually a chord that hmm. is struck, the, the sound of the chord that all of a sudden just triggers my mind. And then I have these melodies that go with it. Mm-hmm. I could just, I could strum on one, that one chord and just come up with a melody and come up with a song. Hmm. And then, and then just add other chords later. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the melody for me and the sound. Okay. I was fascinated by the story of your grandfather and and how you, you kind of have a history a bit in their family yeah. with songwriting. Uh, can you, can you kinda, tell, tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, and it's kind of like romantic at the same time. Yeah, story. So, yeah. Uh, some people wouldn't believe it, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, as yeah, a, I, I, I like the uh, the TV shows depicting the characters that you're getting ready to tell us about your yeah. granddad like I, yeah. I I kind of had I could kind of visualize what that might have looked like because I've seen some of these things depicted on TV so yeah so this was uh, I guess it was probably the 40s and 50s okay but he uh, he was he was a uh, fur trapper up in northern La- uh, Canada in Labrador mm-hmm. and uh, and he's one of, he was one of the last trappers that actually traded with the Hudson's Bay Company oh, wow. to get their to get supplies and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. would never get paid. But it was always just rations, right? Wow. But uh, he wrote songs and he couldn't play an instrument. I think he played maybe some I don't know, accordion maybe a little bit. Hmm. But he didn't have a guitar or anything like that. And the place that he was from, there was a lot of trappers. They would go up into the mountains for months at a time if they had to, and so uh, yeah, they would. Uh, what they would do is have a pass the time. They would have competitions writing songs. Hmm. The trappers. That's so, cool. and he couldn't. All he did was hum the song in his head and write it down, write the lyrics down, hmm. and that's how he'd get his time through the night out in a tent. Wow. In and the then 40s. they would all come back say like a month, couple months later they would all return to the village and uh, they would share all their songs that they had written and see who had the best one. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. If I read right, one of the ones that he had written actually has a little bit of uh, um significance with the Canadian history, right? Yeah, the Grand River. And it's been uh, it's been recorded by several several artists. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm, you knew about that your whole life? Is that Yeah. Yeah. And I just sort of just took it for granted because everyone knew about it and everyone always talked about those those days. Sounds like there's a song. Sounds like there's a song in that story. (laughs) I actually have a yeah, a bit of a song written about it. Hopefully, I'll get it recorded. Yeah. So you you just actually just recently then after all of this music in your life uh, recorded your debut CD. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a 10 song uh, record, and uh, it took me two years, this record, to, to get it all completed. So, yeah, I, what I was doing is just, I'd record, Dale and I would record two songs, and then, say, five months later, do another few songs. And that's how it was going. Uh, mainly because of funding. I didn't have enough money to do the whole record at once. Mm -hmm. but yeah, and I finally got a lot of songs on the record or ones that I've had for like 20 years. Hmm. And I finally got them professionally recorded. And it'll just go down in history. <laughs> and the uh, the title, I guess, aptly named uh, Better Late Than Never. I'm, I'm sure there's a significance yeah. there. <laughs> Of course, yes. Yeah. It means exactly that. Right. Better better late than never. Then I got books recorded. Do you play and your granddad's have, song? Yeah. I, once in a while, I'll play it. I have it. It's actually on YouTube. Okay. Uh, on my channel. So if you just uh, search, anyone wants to search for it, it's called uh, The Grand River Song. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a Shirley McLean, or Shirley Monique is singing the song. She recorded a version of it. Where did the, uh, I'm guessing this is the name of your, your band, the the all-Canadian sound clash. Sound clash. Yeah, where did that come from? Yeah. What is that? Uh, I, wish there was, I wish there was a deep meaning behind it, but it's really... What happened was, just before I decided to record this record, so maybe three years ago, uh, a buddy of mine, and we were like thinking of getting a, a cover band going, and we were just going to play Canadian songs, mm. you know, at, at the bars, local bars. And I just came up with that name. I, I thought it would be really cool for it. But it never, we never did it, so I just kept the name. So when you play the songs on this record, is it a solo adventure? Do you have uh, people that go out and play with you? Well, I haven't. I haven't played anywhere yet because of COVID. Um, but when I do get the chance to play, it's gonna. I'm gonna have Dale backing me up for okay. sure. Yeah. So and you I have yeah, and I have the drummer Jordy Comstock. Okay. So I, you know, here in the states. Depending on which state you're in, but uh, you know, artists have been out for quite a while, and and we're anticipating a, a relatively um, normal, if we can use that word, festival season. You yeah. know, most of the festivals are coming back online, so you guys actually haven't really been able to do much yet. Then everything's still up in the air. Nobody knows what's going on. You know, one day uh, everything's going back to normal, and the next day. We're in the lockdown again, so yeah. it's you know it's depressing. You don't even want to look forward to the future. Yeah. Like, I don't want to make any plans to play live yet because yeah. I don't know if you'll get the chance. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people don't understand that's really the significance behind um, you know this trucker movement in Ottawa is the fact that yeah. you, you guys. Uh, as a country, but specifically as musicians, are in that state that you just described is you just oh exactly yeah yeah it's tough yeah and more more power to the truckers like, yeah we need these mandates lifted yeah. fast because yeah. 
yeah. it's just nonsense. <laughs> yeah, mm. and nobody can nobody can do anything. Nobody can work like musicians and artists. Now, do you do you have a um, a sense of who your fan base is? I mean, is it is it an option to travel into the states and bring your music this way for a little while until things change for you guys? Yeah, I still think the border shut down. You're not allowed going across, I don't think. Hmm. Unless you fly, I think. Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah, you can fly. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think there's more of an audience down in, in, the, in the States for me, personally, because, yeah, there's, there's, you're only, you're limited up in Canada where you can, how much you can uh, tour and stuff, because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. almost so many City right, right, yeah, yeah. It Compared is a, to the state, sure, it is different. Yeah, B- big, big, wide open spaces with not a lot of, not a lot of human exactly. activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you have a sense of what your uh, demographic is for your music? Are you able to connect with your fan base at all, uh, in, in any sort of way? so hard to tell these days like I can't really and I only just started recording two mm-hmm. years ago so I had not the chance to even really play uh, I did do a, like um, a festival thing it was online yeah and that was very strange yeah <laughs> it was, you, you know you had to record yourself playing and yeah. that was for like a Canadian music week yeah last summer okay wow yeah very strange so what's the release is, is this album out has it been released officially yeah yeah you can download it anywhere okay buy it from anywhere possible and um singles anywhere. videos what, what's uh, do you have a process for for getting it out yeah we got i uh, got the videos uh there's a i must have geez four videos now okay I've done and, and all of them I've done myself. Mm-hmm. Recorded and edited. Mm, that's cool. Just another thing that I love doing. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, if there's a silver lining at all in 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 the pandemic for artists, you, you have been forced into or or maybe forced is the wrong word, but um, do it yourself. Yeah, you you really take a deeper dive into the DIY. Um, approach yeah. to your music and technology has has made it so that uh, if you're willing to spend the time which we all have had plenty of time to to pursue yeah. it you you could figure this stuff out and actually make it happen on your own and at least on the back end save a, or the front end save a lot of money exactly i know and it's and it's also just a creative outlet to right have right. the you know yeah you don't get too restless yeah so, yeah. so what's what's next? Is is this a, a one-off, or do you are you still continuing to write and, and yeah. hope to record again? Yeah, uh, actually, I'm back in the studio now with Dale, uh, which is kind of strange because I'm here in Ottawa, in Ontario, and he's in Nova Scotia. So we're doing a lot of uh, sending files back and forth. Hmm. So I'll, I'll record my vocals and stuff here at my house in my little studio and then he does everything else in Nova Scotia and seems to be working. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
So if folks want to keep up with what you're doing, they want to they want to uh, download your album, check out your videos. What's the best way to to reach out to you and communicate? I think uh, if you just Google the All Canadian Sound Clash, everything will come up. Uh, you can go to my website and actually buy the album there uh, instead of Spotify or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you can you can basically find me everywhere. You can find the album all over, over all the platforms that you can download. Um, or yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram. I, I use Instagram a lot. Okay, uh, and that's where I, yeah. You know, and the you want to email me? And email is uh, accessible from from those locations. Yeah. 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 Okay. And the album itself is titled Better Late Than Never. And it is available yep. now for purchase or download. Yep. Andrew Michelin, and it's the All-Canadian Sound Clash. Well, thanks, Andrew. Uh, this has been fun. Yep. I, I appreciate the stories. And uh, certainly, man, I wish you guys uh, the best of luck uh, soon for uh, get, getting getting uh, the, the your national situation resolved and, and you guys get back out yep. on the road. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, it's about time that something happened. Yeah. yeah. It's really depressing. Yeah. Well, good luck with the music, and uh, we appreciate your time today. Oh, uh, thank you. Thanks, Greg. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.